What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode number 234. Well, this one will be an interesting episode as we got a lot of things to talk about. We got some news regarding Michigan basketball. We got some Michigan State basketball to talk about as well. We have some Tigers to talk about. We have the Super Bowl and then some Detroit Pistons news regarding Isaiah Stewart. But let's get into it talking about college basketball. Let's start out with Michigan in their last two games. They've played Nebraska and Illinois. Both of these games were not competitive whatsoever. Michigan's been struggling without Doug McDaniel on the road. Maybe even struggling on the road specifically isn't doing enough justice. They've been struggling as of late. Outside of the pretty good win at home against Wisconsin, that was playing extremely well when they went into Chrysler there, which they've struggled a little bit ever since then, but that was a pretty good win for Michigan. But one thing that Michigan hasn't been able to do on the road, especially without Doug McDaniel since that suspension, they haven't been able to really play in competitive games. And these two last games weren't really competitive whatsoever. They were down 20 and a half to Nebraska, 18 and a half to Illinois. There's been one kind of constant player that's been playing pretty well since kind of that Wisconsin game. And Terrace Reed has really kind of stepped up ever since Doug McDaniel has been out the last couple of games. He's going to be back on Saturday. We'll talk about that game on the next podcast. You got Michigan, Michigan stay at home for Michigan. So he'll be back for that game. But these were just two unforgettable performances from Michigan. They just weren't really competitive. And it didn't really help when you have your head coach, Juwan Howard, after the Illinois game, basically saying you're welcome to Illinois for giving him Terrence Shannon because he was asked about Terrence Shannon. He was said, like, he knew him. He had a relationship with him. He was asked about that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did know him. I had a relationship with him. I recruited, recruited him. He committed and basically said, you're welcome to Illinois. And that is... A very interesting response and a response that I don't think any college basketball team would ever want their head coach to say. It's a response that really shows that I don't know if Juwan Howard really cares anymore. I I don't know if he cares if he's going to be around next year. I don't know if he is going to be around. There's been a lot of discussion and people kind of demanding Ward Manuel to fire Juwan Howard after this year. And I don't blame those Michigan fans that do that. I think Juwan Howard should not be around after this year. Juwan Howard's really taken down this program from where it was when Beeline was a head coach. They haven't been good the last two, two and a half years. They're not good this year. They, again, got blown out on the road. You have issues with Doug McDaniel academically. Some of these players just doesn't seem too interested to be playing as of recently. Now, will Saturday change that? Possibly just because it's a rivalry game. But this is a response from Juwan Howard that is kind of in the line of things that he's done that is really kind of ruining his reputation at Michigan. I think Michigan and him have always had kind of a difficult relationship to say the least just because he was a part of the fab five everything that happened there but it really seemed like that kind of relationship especially when Juwan howard came back was really kind of 
come together. And Juwan Howard's first couple of years, they were playing good basketball. But this past year, it just seems like Michigan fans, Michigan fans, not all, there's some Michigan fans that still pay attention. They don't really seem like they care about this basketball team very much. Maybe that's just an overgeneralization of what's going on. But this just isn't a great basketball team that your welcome comment from Juwan Howard does not help. In that instant, I think Juwan Howard made several mistakes in the offseason. You have multiple people talking about like him going after Terrence Shannon, Caleb Love. They weren't ever going to come to Michigan. He did commit, though. So how different would this team look if Terrence Shannon was on this roster? I do think it's going to look a little different maybe quite a bit different. Do I think they're still a tournament competitive team? Probably maybe around the bubble, just because of how good Terrence Shannon is and how much I think he would make Michigan better, especially if Doug McDaniel, again, doesn't have the academic issue. Terrence Reed has already come together. Terrence Williams sometimes has decent games. I think and Kamwa might still come as well. I think that would be a solid starting lineup, but this just Michigan team just doesn't play very much of its bench. It needs to play Will more. I've said this in the past. He's been one of the most efficient scorers in the country. He needs to play more than 16 minutes. Michigan is getting more bench minutes, but the only reason this past game was, again, because they were down so much in the last 10 minutes. Michigan kind of played their bench, which is maybe some of the reasons why Jackson, George Washington, maybe even Will Chair got the amount of minutes he did. So he's just going to have to use his bench more. Will Juwan Howard be back after this year? At this point, it kind of surprises me if he does. I think it's kind of getting to the point where he's just going to step away. I don't know if he really cares too much anymore. And again, it's ruined his reputation. Will Juwan Howard ever have like a great light if he ever comes back, especially after how these last couple of years coaching has gone? I don't know, but we will see what happens after this year. But they have a big game on Saturday. Again, we'll talk about that in the next podcast. But these last two games just haven't been it for Michigan, and they've lost by over 20 in each of them to Nebraska and Illinois. Let's go over to Michigan State. They've gotten two big wins this last week. You got Illinois at home. That was a big win, win by eight. I believe it was like 88 to 80. Malik Hall was very good in that game. AJ Holgard was good in that game. Tyson Walker was all right. Malik Hall has been kind of the main guy as of recently that has been playing extremely good. And he really repeated that performance last night against Penn State. Malik Hall had 29-10 and 10 last night against Penn State, probably his best performance in the Michigan State uniform. And maybe since seeing Hall, maybe seeing Hall's up there because I thought he was really good against seeing Hall his freshman year. But at Michigan State, this was one of his – best performances he was efficient he was aggressive he made his one three made his eight free throws as well he was 
all over the court making great plays. Tyson Walker and AJ Holgard struggled scoring wise. They only scored 10 points in this game. I think a lot of Michigan State fans would say that if those two combine for 10 points and you get a win, especially on the road against a Penn State team that has been playing better, I think Michigan State fans would take that win nine times out of 10. Now, will they need more than that from Tyson Walker and AJ Hogard going forward? Absolutely. But with the play of Malik Hall and Jane Aikens in this game, they were both great. Carson Cooper had 10 points. I thought this is one of the best games that Carson Cooper has played recently, even this year. I thought he was really good against USC last year in the tournament, but this was a really great performance. He needs to play more, especially with how Mayus Soko is really struggling. He hasn't been great the last few games. He's not playing a ton. I think Carson Cooper needs more minutes. Jackson Kohler needs more minutes as well. And a player that really needs more minutes is Xavier Booker. Xavier Booker played five minutes in this game. He was really effective and efficient when he was in the game. He had a three and a two. He had a black as well. Was taken out after, I believe, his second bucket. Didn't really get back into the game after that. It did seem like he was a little winded, so don't know if that will be kind of a factor. But he needs to play a little bit more because... At the four or five position, he's been the most effective kind of big man that Michigan State has. He also is really good at spacing the floor. Like I said, he did make a three in this game. I think that's going to help, especially with A.J. Holgard, maybe not having the lanes that he used to have when he had Joey Hauser last year. Now with Malik Hall shooting the three a little bit better, maybe that opens up the lanes a little bit as well, but I think it kind of depends on the team that Michigan State plays because you really saw what Illinois did was kind of different than Penn State. Illinois basically had the big men sitting in the paint for the whole game just because they knew that Carson Cooper wasn't going to be great shooting the ball. They also knew Matty Sissoko wasn't going to do it and Jackson Kohler as well. Jackson Kohler has a little bit more ability to do that, so I don't think they did that as much. Now, Penn State, they went more small ball. I believe they had about maybe five guards and a forward at some point. I would love to see Xavier Booker play a little bit or maybe Jackson Kohler as well at the five. I think that would have been really interesting. He did play his two big lineup, which I don't understand that, but they kind of played Michigan State differently. I do think that has a little bit to do with kind of what the teams do as well because you have Illinois, Courtney Hawkins, sometimes playing that five position. They have quite a bit of size. Penn State doesn't have as much size as Illinois, so I think it kind of depends on what's going on there. But I thought this was two pretty good games from Michigan State, two wins that they really needed, a really big win at home, and you get your second win on the road as well for Michigan State. So good week so far. They play Michigan on Saturday. Again, we'll kind of get into that discussion of the game later this week. But two performances that Michigan State really needed – and they need to keep those performances up and continue to win games. Now let's go over to two quick topics. You got the Detroit Tigers, you got the Detroit Pistons, and then I will end the podcast on the Super Bowl. Um, Let's go with the Tigers. The pitchers and catchers reported, I think, yesterday, or they reported this week. That means baseball is getting closer. I think there's some excitement about this Tigers team. I think there's hope for this team. They have a really 
pretty good pitching staff. Offensively, they should be better, but this just means that baseball is starting back up. College baseball is starting as well. It means that the warm weather is coming soon, and hopefully the Tigers will be better this year. Hopefully I'll be able to talk a little bit more about them as well, especially if they play better, but it's pretty fun that the pitchers and catchers have reported and the other players like the infielders, outfielders, the position players will be reporting soon as well. And then we can talk about spring games, all that kind of stuff. But exciting news going on for the Tigers. Baseball is almost here. And I do think there's some excitement about this Tigers team this year. Now let's quickly go over to the Pistons before we end with the Super Bowl. Isaiah Stewart, he was arrested yesterday for punching a Suns player. Another moment for this Detroit Pistons team that went national, but but for now, a good reason. And this Pistons team has been very dysfunctional this year. They have not been very good. They have not been in the news for good things. This Pistons team is not good. This Pistons team is probably the worst run team in Detroit. And I don't think it's anywhere close. This Pistons team isn't really competitive. It's just another example of things that have gone wrong. And they continue to go wrong. Players are not making smart decisions. It's just really, really bad for that franchise. And it's just really frustrating and pretty sad to watch. That's kind of the news that went on there. We'll see what happens out of the Isaiah Stewart situation. But let's end with the Super Bowl. We're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, give my thoughts on the actual game. Halftime performance I thought was pretty good. I actually kind of enjoyed Usher a little bit. So I thought he did pretty good. But let's talk about this game. Uh, It was an interesting one. It was a game for three, three and a half quarters I thought was pretty boring i thought it was not very good football by either team maybe that was more defensive greatness but i think there's quite a bit of offense just not doing their part uh it was interesting though early on in this game greenlaw one of their top linebackers for 49ers um he was jumping around right on the field and actually tore his achilles haven't really seen an injury like that before, at least not recently. Kind of a crazy injury. Hopefully he can recover. He's a really great linebacker. I think that did hurt the 49ers defense, but yeah, very unfortunate injury. Um, I wish him nothing but the best in his recovery. I hope he's able to recover and be a, a great linebacker like he has been in the NFL throughout his career, but Hopefully, he's going to be okay in the future. Hopefully, he recovers. But let's get into the actual game. Uh, You had Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, first three quarters, three and a half quarters, I thought it was pretty boring, um, to say the least. The 49ers got out to a lead until there was a mistake that gave Patrick Mahomes an opportunity to get back in the game. And that was, I don't even want to say a muff punt. It was a punt that basically hit off the leg of a 49er player into the red zone. Patrick Mahomes responds really quickly, and we got a brand new ball game at that point. 
ends up going into overtime. I thought the last five to ten minutes of reg- of the fourth quarter was really entertaining. You could really kind of sense the urgency, but you can also sense the passion. You can also sense the nervousness a little bit. You you felt that it was a Super Bowl for the first like three quarters, it did not feel like a Super Bowl. It felt like both of these teams honestly did not deserve to be in the Super Bowl. And we can have that kind of conversation how the Lions probably should have been in the Super Bowl with the Lions have won against the 49ers. But let's get into kind of the ending and overtime. Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does. He is an absolute baller. He's not going to make very many mistakes. He did make a mistake early in the game, earlier in the game, but he corrected that mistake and he responded like Patrick Mahomes if you give him a chance he's going to win like nine 9.5 out of 10 times he's getting to the territory and he's probably already at that territory that you do not want him to have the ball last like he's getting into kind of like the Tom Brady like territory like you know if he's on offense and you need a stop it's probably not going to happen for at least a majority of the time. Like, there's sometimes they'll make mistakes, but they are very few. And he did exactly that. He was able to force it into overtime. This is where the whole kind of interesting conversation starts to take place because the 49ers ends up winning the toss. And what they end up doing was actually taking the ball. And there's a different set of rules in the playoffs. Both teams get an opportunity. Typically, that's not the case, at least in the regular season. That's not the case. But typically, when both teams get the opportunity to get the ball, especially if the other team scores a touchdown, which, again, doesn't happen in regulation, you typically want the ball second because you want to know what to do, right? You want to know if you have to score a touchdown or if you could go just a field goal. But the 49ers end up taking the ball and end up kicking a field goal, right? Uh, if you are the 49ers, and this was in the red zone, and it, I believe it was like fourth and four at, was a field goal. It was third and four, though, before they, that field goal was kicked. 49ers had an opportunity to decide to if, run the ball or throw the ball, and they end up throwing the ball, incomplete pass, all that kind of stuff. If I am... The lot. If I'm the 49ers, or let's just say the Lions were in the situation, I think the Lions run the ball there. And I think that's exactly what the 49ers should have done. And you might disagree with me, but there's a few reasons why I think that. One, you have CMC in your backfield, right? Like you have CMC in your backfield. The 49ers have been able to run the ball in this game. You, if you also only pick up like a yard or don't even pick up anything, or even if you lose a yard or two, you're still in a really good position to kick a field goal. But if you pick up two, three yards, it's fourth and two, fourth and one. Then you have a conversation going on because, again, you have Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline. Like, in my opinion, I think it's kind of a touchdown or score. Touchdown or it's over if you're the 49ers because you have to believe that Patrick Mahomes will score a touchdown, which he ends up doing. They end up winning the Super Bowl. If anyone didn't want to be surprised by that, then probably watch the Super Bowl and listen to this podcast. But... If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you knew or you watched the game. But they end up throwing the ball, end up being incomplete. Jake Moody makes the extra, makes the 
field goal and gives the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. There was fourth and one early on. Patrick Mahomes, of course, keeps it. I think everyone knows that he was going to keep it at that time. Ran for about 15, 20 yards, got first down, and ended up scoring and winning his third Super Bowl. And after the game, the players were asked about it, and they're like, yeah, I didn't. We didn't know that if we score a touchdown that Kansas City gets the ball. And the only reason why we knew that is because we saw the rules on the Dumbotron. And I'm like, how do you not discuss that? And the other, the Chiefs' response was like, yeah, we, we knew. And if we got the ball second, we were going to go for a two-point conversion and we were going to win the Super Bowl or not. So that kind of ignores my argument a little bit of, like touchdown or like bust, but again, if they go for two, you have a chance to win if you get the step. So I still think it's touchdown if you're the 49ers. They did not play like that. They lost because of that. But again, you got to give credit to Patrick Mahomes. He won the game and he's won three Super Bowls. He hasn't been in the league too long. So he's getting closer to Tom Brady. Again, we'll see if he catches up to Tom Brady eventually with the amount of Super Bowls he's won. But, yeah, the Chiefs end up winning. Now let's kind of have the argument of would the Lions win this game if they're in the game besides the 49ers? And I think really early on in this game, I think the Lions would have gotten out to a decent lead. Now do I think the Lions would have been able to play the defense that they did that the 49ers did? No. I think that the Chiefs would have scored more points. But I think the Lions would have offensively been much better against Kansas City than the 49ers were. And that's because we already saw it early in this year. We saw it in the first game of the year. They scored quite a few points. Defensively, they did a decent job as well. Do I think the Lions win the Super Bowl, though? I honestly do. Even though the result ended up being a Kansas City win, I think the Lions would have got up enough that maybe Patrick Mahomes doesn't get that last chance. Now, I think there are some moments in this game that Dan Campbell would have done differently than Kyle Shan, and I think the overtime was one of them. I don't know if the Lions make the mistake that the 49ers did to kind of let them back into this game. And again, it was kind of like a f- accident. Like, no one, like, muffed the punt. But again, like, you can't let the Chiefs back in the game. They did. They end up winning the Super Bowl. It would have been a spectacular game. And again, this Super Bowl, the last, like, 20 minutes, great game. Like, so entertaining. That's the way the Super Bowl should be. But I think the Lions versus the Chiefs would have been a really fun game. And I think we kind of missed out on that. And that's partially the Lions' fault for letting the 49ers get back into the game and win the game. But now next year, the Lions have expectations. The Chiefs have expectations. They've won back-to-back first time since, I believe, 03-04 since the Patriots did it. They're going to go for a three-peat. They've already said it. We will see what happens. Oh, yeah. That is it for episode number 234. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. I know it's been a little while since I've done one of these. But, yeah, last to talk about 
later this week, I'll talk about Michigan, Michigan State. If there's any other news as well, I'll talk about that. Maybe a little bit about Caitlin Clark as well. Has the scoring record for women's basketball past that tonight? So maybe I'll talk a little bit about that as well. But yeah, that is a wrap to episode number 234. Thank you for tuning in. Let your friends, let your family know. Please spread the word about the podcast. It means a lot to anyone that does. Please let other people know. Please give like the word out to others. I really do appreciate anyone that doesn't. I really appreciate anyone that listens to it. It really does mean a lot. But please send this to your friends. Send this to family. Send this to anyone you can think of. And your support means a lot.